you're listening to the Red Diamond Courier, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome, everyone, to episode 52 of the Red Diamond Courier. I am here with you, as always, Bob Chichinsky, here with my good friend, Dog Bark 24 How's it going, my dude? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing freaking fantastic, my dude, because, oh my gosh, we are recording on the day of the global Gates of Oblivion reveal, January 26th. Wow, do we have a lot to talk about, pretty much. Um, Don't worry. We are going to keep it nice and concise for you. We're going to break down all the most important points that they laid out. Everything new and awesome you're going to know about. And you're going to know why some of this stuff may be even cooler than, uh, than it seems on the surface. Or if, you know... There's some stuff that's like crazy out there. There was just so much information. We're going to have it all for you. Uh, we're going to get you the most important stuff right now. So without further ado, we're going to get right into our episode this week. Um, Dog does, of course, have uh, some more Lair Marslock. Didn't we go Lair Marslock last week? All right, so you know, I got this and you start right sometime last week, right? And I was like, great, this is the third time today, and it's the pledge. So, you know, I want to see how it's going, right? At least they started it, so maybe it's not too bad. And, well, you know, it's Larry Marslock, and that was a mistake, right? Mistake number one, all right? They started, there was no portal, so which means they didn't kill the first boss. And, yeah. So I started running, right? I had Wild Hunt Ring and Rapids, and it was still a hefty run. Like, I just ran a marathon just to get that first boss. And about halfway through, you know, I get hit by a message in chat saying, I'm an off tank, and I'm getting one shot by the spider, and I don't know why. You're our fourth healer. And my immediate thought was, like, well, I'll see if, you know, maybe I could recommend some kind of sets or something. You know, I have a banker. Maybe that's what he needs, right? Just a little bit of help. And, well, you know, actually, my immediate thought was, like, I've been running for, like, two minutes. Why couldn't you tell me that beforehand so I can leave? But it's fine, <laughs> right? I, like, I already, I already committed the two-minute run, so I have to continue on. The long of Marcelock. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Anyways, you know, I pull up there. There's a CP120, a CP130, and a level 47 who hasn't hit CP yet. Because, you know, he kind of told me that. And uh, at this point, I realized two things. One, that there's nothing that this tank can swap to, but maybe they had fake healers. But, and, you know, I'm a great healer. I do decent damage. So maybe, you know, I'm the missing ingredient to help me complete this fight. And after all, you know. You would think that. You, you yeah. really would <laughs> think that. Uh. <laughs> My character is named the best dog in Iowa God and hashtag Templars are gods. You know. <laughs> All right, so did you, did you, were you the missing link? So, all right, we went at it, you know, bear boss side, no problem. Spider comes up and like clockwork, just like the tank said, he gets one shot, picked him up, 
got one shot again and repeating oh about thirty percent of the of the spider's health when the tank dies, a DPS dies, I get aggro with boss and I just start roll dodging. And yeah, you know, I just uh Jesus beam it to death and bash whenever I need to. And yeah. So after that, you know, I told him like sometimes it's better to roll dodge after blocking attacks because well Sometimes you, they just hit stupid hard. And then after that, I left to go pick up the pledge because I'm like, you know what? They need my help, clearly. I'm going to stick it out, right? You know, I'm doing the good thing, right? Yeah, okay, fair enough. For once. So, I'm just kidding. That, no, that's fair. But uh, Lurcher <laughs> boss comes around, all right? We wiped on this once, and we killed two Lurchers, but the tank lost aggro for five seconds, and that one Lurcher just went on a killing spree. Ran through the dungeon that was already on fire because of the dragon. Got enraged, killed a DPS, then me. Then went back to the tank, one-shotted him. And the, the other DPS got overrun by ads. And, well, that was that. Was that. <laughs> oh, uh, man, no, after this I a, died. <laughs> this what? is quite the dungeon. <laughs> yes. It was Poor guy. Yeah, you know, after that, the tank told me that I'm doing great. And honestly, I think it's just because the tank didn't want me to leave because they made it through past that first boss after four healers. So, but, you know, I'll take the boost of my ego. Like, that's dedication that they even stayed in there that long. Yeah, that really like, is. <laughs> on the first boss, you're wiping and, like, getting one shot. You just stay in there like, dang, all right. But, yeah, so, you know, we do it next time just fine. Yeah, they had to be much more careful. I think I put on barrier too. So there's that. So for the Marcelock and Celine fight, where you know Celine just stands in the middle and kind of does stuff, all three promptly switch to their bows. I even know the tank had a bow at this point. It started shooting at the dragon while it's flying in the sky. And yeah, I was uh, confused, but more so it's like, man. That I kind of wish that that was like the mechanic that you do on veteran instead of doing, uh, you know, killing the sh uh, stranglers and stuff because that one that would be much easier, you know, have an RNG chance of hitting the dragon while it's flying around than uh, you know, killing stranglers. But that's just me. All right, so you know, dragon fight wasn't too bad. Uh, you know, he got it to about 800k on 3.7 mil, and then we wiped and. That that was a long fight too, just because you know damage wasn't too bad or the damage wasn't too good between the whole group. But you know the next attempt went better. It was still hectic. There's two uh, lurchers running around at one point. I was confused. The tank was confused. A DPS got fushroed odd. <laughs> a DPS if you're got confused, <laughs> then the rest of them are screwed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, DPS got fushroed dot off the map. Uh, you know, we recovered, did damage, so then two DPS got Fushiro Dodd off the map. Uh, the tank got one off her. Off the map? <laughs> oh, that's the thing? No. <laughs> the tank got one res off while I was just trying to end this madness, and we killed the boss, and it was great. And, you know, a veteran, the, that dungeon didn't seem as chaotic as that was compared to this normal run. And, yeah, it was insane. That one normal worm dungeon of Lair Marslock, man. There's yeah. some dedicated players that stuck it out, man. I'm telling you. They were like, we want dungeon, man. Yep, well, good on, you for, uh, good on you for carrying them through. 
Yep. And uh, I'm glad that it meant so much to you that you get to tell <laughs> everyone now. There you go. Yep, I had to. Plus, I got good karma in return because the next random dungeon right after got Stone Garden. And I know what you're <laughs> thinking. How is that good luck? But wait, all right. At the end of the dungeon, I got a hazardous alchemy chest, with, which I sold for 270k gold. You know, which which puts me even closer to the amount I need to spend all the gold stuff that I want to buy, like gold oh, masks and stuff. So yeah, right. Like your freaking gladiator costume. Okay, we all know. <laughs> we all know oh. what you're gonna waste 1.5 mil on. Yeah, probably. But I I might buy some. Uh, yeah, who am I kidding? I'm not going to do it. <laughs> All right. Well, are you are you going to do more Cradle of Shadows? Yep. Just one Cradle of Shadows, all right? And just kind of a... Well, I thought it was funny, but all right. So you know how in Cradle of Shadows, all right? Velajeth says, don't move a muscle. All yeah. right? Ooh, so yeah. we were all moving slowly. She says that, and then the group runs around like faster, like sprinting around the <laughs> room. And I was like... She said, don't move a muscle. So I put in chat, like, I think you all moved a muscle, LOL. You know, trying to be, you know, friendly about it. Two of them laughed. And then one guy, one of the guys, uh, he seemed a bit more annoyed. But I'm like, come on, just let me be like the snarky Abner Thorn, right? Like, Well, you know what, dog? Two out of three people probably uh, laugh off Abner Thorn. But there's always that one guy who's like, man, that guy's a jerk. And probably. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm uh, that guy. <laughs> if you are that guy, you hate Abner Thorn, even though he's easily better than one out of three, man. One out of three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was, uh, to be fair, good story, man. Glad that you uh, got to carry those guys through there and survive. Maybe since you have stuck out so many layer of martial locks, it will start changing your fate to. Uh, some easier dungeons maybe i doubt it but maybe I- i'll hope <laughs> you never know you know maybe i need to start praying to a certain daedric prince and yeah. that'll help uh, yeah maybe it- you should do someone other than uh Marion's dagon because i think we're gonna be smacking him around a bit this year yeah probably all right so without further ado let's start talking some freaking 2021 elder scrolls online fun crazy stuff we uh as always have the serial scores for you guys but we have some pvp stuff coming as well and we're just gonna stick it in right in this uh you know pvp section so it's uh gonna flow perfectly for you anyways as now i start rambling dog dude you're going to be able to freaking heal people in Cyrodiil again. Are you going to play with me finally? Well, I mean, here's the thing, right? Yeah, I can heal my friends, you know, after they do the test. But I, want, I wonder if I can heal my friends during Mid-Year Mayhem. Because that's what I want. Right? Yeah, unfortunately, I don't, I don't think that it's going to change that quick. Yeah. I was thinking about that, too. At the, I'm pretty sure it's going to come with the update. But you never know. Yeah, maybe. Hopefully, you know, I can hear my friends and it'll, it'll be a great time inside of Mid-Year Mayhem with Bob or maybe against Bob. I haven't really, you know, worked out the kinks. But, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll, I'll slay you. 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, all right, let's stay, fo- let's stay focused here, dog. All right, all right. Healing, though, it's back. Yep, it's coming back, and you can heal all your friends, all your allies, and it'll be great. Yeah, that was definitely something that, as it deterred you, I think was deterring a lot of people. So, uh, you know, they said that they didn't find that to be a significant impact, but they wanted to let it ride a bit just in case. And, uh, yeah, so they continued to see that it's better to be able to heal people than the small impact it would have on the performance by no one healing anyone outside of their group. So that is good to know. That was going to be going back to normal. But we do have more PvP tests coming sometime in February, probably around mid-February. And this is all coming from uh, the lead combat and PvP designer, Brian Wheeler. And he was talking for a little bit there about PvP. So the new test is going to be... Yeah, I I don't even know how to put this. It's definitely going to change the game up for sure. It's going to disable item set procs. But not just like the set procs. Any set that has an ability that has a check on it so like like for example dog which one did he use um when he was talking about it he brought up a seducer which is the reduced magicka abilities by 10 percent. right so like every time you use an ability it's checking is this a magic ability that i need to check and see um if i need to reduce its cost i guess so that's what Um, they're eliminating to uh, see how much of an impact that like in itself will have across all of it. And I think personally, they'll probably see an impact, but that's because like very large number of these sets do something like that. Like, I mean, we're talking a high percentile of the sets in the game have some sort of ability like that or a, a direct proc. Um, so this is five pieces. This is mythics, weapon sets from arenas, and monster sets as well. Uh, yeah, very, very interesting. They did say, like, yeah, you could still wear your five-piece set, but the five-piece just isn't going to work. You know, only the four-piece uh, buffs on the way up. And the other sets that will work are going to be flat buffs, just like those four buffs would be. So it's going to be like increases your spell damage or max magic or whatever by 8% or whatever. He used the example of like Shacklebreaker and Julianos. They give you flat buffs and uh, it's just on at all times. I believe New Moon would fall under that category too, right, dog? It, yeah, it might because the uh, debuff is against all abilities. So, yeah. So there's definitely uh, you could still do some interesting stuff in there. Go in there, try it out. Let them know how it is. It's only going to be on PC. Um, so, yeah, we didn't get too many big PvP updates. Of course, mid-year will be starting tomorrow on uh, 128 as this will be coming out on Wednesday. Um, so yeah, 
be ready for that. We're going to be talking about it big. Not going to go into it too much right now still. And yeah. Any, how, what did you think about uh, that test, dog? Do you think it's going to be a, a wild, crazy time in Cyrodiil? I think uh, people are going to try it out, right? And I think all what they're going to be... I think we're going to see a lot of like Crafty Elfeek, Bright Throat, or the stamina version of those. Stuff kind of like that, where we're going to have a lot of people who are going to have either a lot of health, a lot of resistances, or just a lot of like stamina or magicka, and they're going to work away like that. At least for like the foreseeable, you know, during that test. So, yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, you know, I'll probably spend some time in there, try it out, give some feedback, and. I don't think I'll spend too much time in there, though. I've kind of grown accustomed to the proc sets. Maybe not like the super proc ones, but like the like you know my war maidens and stuff. Like or my um, I don't think bright throats will work. You know, I don't think lich will work. Lich is a proc set because it's when you're under a certain percent of magicka. So, you're right. Bright throat probably wouldn't work because it checks for a drink. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of sets that are going to just not work. So that's going to be interesting. I'm not really sure. Like, for me, it's kind of like, you know, what are you trying to, you know, what answer are you trying to find? If you find the proc sets don't work, how do you solve that? There's so many of those sets. You can't just get rid of them. So, but we leave that to the, you know, the smart people over there in Sauce. And they've been doing a good job. So, of course. We uh we keep the fingers crossed always for Cyrodiil. If they could find any way to increase performance, that we're for it. That's for sure. Unless it makes where dog can't heal because then he just won't play with me. <laughs> yes, I don't like not being able to heal my friends, but you know I can finally heal my friends, so it's a happy time. Happy times. All right. Happy so- times all around. Happy times all around. We got scores for you guys, as always, on the PC NA, Stadia NA side of things. DC still in the lead. Daggerfall Covenant, 23.9K. Ebonheart Pact in second, 21.7K. I'll marry Dominion right behind all of them, 19.7K. On the flip side of EU, we've got I'll marry Dominion once again, just like last week, from worst to first, up in. Up at the top, 22.9K. Ebonheart Pact right behind him, 21.4K. And Daggerfall Covenant from first to worst. Man, what the heck? 19.2K. So, things are cruising right along, and Mid-Year Mayhem is about to start, so things are about to pick up. Dogged, what about on console? All right, so for console, there's eight days left in these campaigns, and... From last place of PCEU is in first place of Xbox NA, which is the Daggerfall Covenant with 68.8K. AD is shortly behind him with 66.7K. And EP is falling behind with 59K. And, you know, just like the same thing is uh, uh, for Xbox EU is EP is in first with 75.4K. DC is in second with 60K. Then 80s and last with 53.3k. So those are not so close, but Xbox NA is so 
definitely got to make sure that I'm in, I'm in there during Mid-Year Mayhem. Very interesting indeed, if I don't say so myself. And then on PlayStation, we also got eight days left. And DC is once again leading Daggerfall Covenant, 73k. Evanheart Pack, 67k. All Mary Dominion and last was 60k. So hopefully Daggerfall can close that one down with eight days left. They're starting to get a little bit of a lead there, 6k. And on EU, we have the All Mary Dominion at 75k. Once again, what is up with this from last and one side to first and the other? This is weird. But 75k, Daggerfall Covenant, second place, 64k. And the Ebonheart Pact, back in last with 60k. So it's definitely an interesting time in Cyrodiil. Things are about to start popping off like crazy with Mid Year Mayhem. So make sure you guys are up in there. All right, dogs. So it's about time that we go full dive into this uh year of 2021 content here that they have uh just given us so much information on just piled it on today i was replying to something gina said uh when she replied to one of our tweets and i was like just a gif that was just like but wait there's more because i swear that was all that was happening like i'm like all right Here's the trailer. All right. Here's, you know, Matt and Rich and Uncle Pete and like all Lehman Tuttle. And they're like, all right, here's some really cool stuff. And then like ESO Lives is going to happen. I'm like, oh, man. You know, usually in the ESO Lives, they just kind of talk about what they had just like talked about. I didn't know that they were going to bring out an ESO Live with just like never ending more 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 on top just like oh my gosh and in the end they're like oh and by the way like last thing we have uh we're gonna have the events planned out ahead of time for every every event every month we're gonna tell you them what month they're gonna be in which i mean you know days will be nice but they can move around a lot so i guess the month is better better than anything and uh we're better than nothing and yeah kind of cool so it just got it just kept going so that was yeah, really, it really did yeah just like great. you know larry marslock <laughs> <laughs> yeah just like larry marslock honestly so like where where where, should, where do you want to start well you know we should just talk about it right so the global reveal event right it was about 30 minutes long and it happened before the esoi and they kind of show the studio in the beginning, which kind of, cool. you know, yeah, it's definitely cool to see like all the uh, pictures or paintings of like the ESO. Just uh, like them getting to work there every day, just walk by all these like amazing lithographs. And, like, <laughs> yeah, those. Just like, oh my gosh, man, there's so much like memorabilia and everything. It was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. After everyone, they pass like, man, I want that one and that one and that one. I could go, I can live without that one, but the next one, that that's a must have. It, has, it had Everthorn, I think. <laughs> <laughs> the ooh, the elsewhere one, man. Yeah, that one is nice. So let's uh, get into the trailer, which had Dog's favorite character. 
yes, my favorite character. Uh, I saw those red eyes and I immediately knew it was Lyrinth. Oh my well, god! It could have been her or a vampire. So I mean, it's not like you know there is that much to choose from, but it was definitely Lyrinth. I was like, yes. And... Okay, fair enough. The <laughs> second time I watched it, the red eyes really stuck out to me. I didn't notice it the first time. I know I noticed the red eyes right away. I was like, that's Lurant. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also saw Evelyn Sharp Arrow, and so I guess that means I have to do Arsinium and that whole story. And that's right. I actually have to pay attention now. I'm like, you know, the first time I did like half of it. And yeah, we met hey, every uh, time you skip through a quest without reading it, a writer loses their wings, Don. Well, I don't Which do it I've anymore, right? <laughs> <laughs> only sorry. when I only when I'm doing uh Sigic Order grind, but only because I've done the Sigic Order before. So it's Well, I mean, if you've done it once, you know, then you, you <laughs> get a pass, right? I mean, that's fair. But yeah, so Evelyn Sharp Arrow came in hot with that snipe. She came flying <laughs> down like freaking uh, Legolas from freaking Lord of the Rings, just sliding down like that's exactly what it reminded me of him sliding down like a freaking the elephant, <laughs> just like arrows everywhere, like stabbing people with arrows. You don't see enough people stab people with an arrow like that you is really just don't a sick way <laughs> to kill someone with an arrow man yeah so we also had um the uh this other like i guess someone they wanted to leave in mystery but in imperial was there well the ergonian <laughs> <laughs> but the imperial the female imperial female imperial who looked slightly familiar to uh to me and uh i immediately was like oh my god it's alia it's alia from southern elsewhere <laughs> and i was just like that's her that's her that's her and so the, my girl was like no that's not her that's not her and i was like you know i'm pretty sure that you should just let me have my hopes and dreams for like five seconds but i don't know if it is her and that 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 would be amazing. I'm a little bit like I don't know because like she was like very timid, and like this imperial like was going hard, but she was also like clearly had like been captured or whatever, and was like it was clearly part of a plan. But she probably wasn't being treated very well like along the way up to this, you know, seeming sacrifice that was coming, uh, you know, that seemed to be her fate. So, yeah, I mean, clearly you would get pretty mad, you know, and she spent time with Sai Sahan in the Dragon Guard and she's fought dragons with you and killed Kal Granti. I mean, you know, it, it, it hardens you as a warrior, right? You know, I think I I think, you know, never you never know. Could be her. Also, also, you know, I think you're missing uh, the most important part, right? This person doesn't really look like an Imperial. She looks more like a half Imperial, half Redguard, which is right. exactly who Alia is. Only She's one half I've... Imperial, half yeah. Redguard. Only one I've ever met, man. <laughs> so, yeah, it's an awesome trailer. Um Dog's freaking best friend, Leronth, you know, 
gets them all out of there <laughs> at the last second yeah, with the powers. The day. Shortly. Shortly, and transports them right to the uh, Oblivion Realm of Mehrunes Dagon. And there it is, the big Oblivion Tower. It's uh, certainly got the you know, little thing you got to go touch up there to just destroy it. But I can't remember the name of it. It's been so long since I played Oblivion, and I was like 14. Um, anyways, but I'm telling you guys, I know you all watched the trailer. I don't even need to say, you know, go watch it so you know what I'm talking about. But in case you haven't, somehow you've, you're just coming out of the rock that you've been living under the day after the Global Reveal to hear our podcast. Go check it out because, oh my God, I could just watch it like all night, man. Like their trailers, the cinematics are just insane. Like, give us a movie already, just cinematically. I don't even need live action. Yeah, just take that ESO, or, or it's not ESO, but just take that uh, uh, Elder Scrolls uh, live action Netflix thing, just turn it into like a cinematic with all like this, and that'd be an excellent series. Yeah, unless pe- unless like some live action person is gonna be sliding or down a mountain, <laughs> stabbing people with arrows, like if that can't be done, like I want to see that. So just do it cinematically. Agreed. So we had this trailer, crazy, crazy awesome. The continuance of the first trailer that we got at the end of uh, 2020 there at the Game Awards. So, they talked about plenty more during this reveal, but they also went a little bit deeper into it in ESO Live, so we're saving most of it for when we get a little bit further into this episode. However, the chapter is officially named Blackwood, and it's going to be focused in the southern, the southeastern part of Cyrodiil, as many, many of us, you know, imagined and predicted, you know, None of us are Nostradamus. It was pretty easy to tell this year. But Leowin is definitely involved. It's going to be along that kind of border between like Black Marsh, Elsewhere, Cyrodiil, lots of, uh, you know, conflicting uh, cultures and ideologies, especially during such a, um, such a time as the Interregnum. So, oh my gosh. Awesome, awesome stuff. The cinematics, um, just like the graphics of everything that they're showing look just perfect. And it looks like it's going to be a very, very diverse zone. There's going to be like all kinds of um, different, you know, environments and stuff. It's just going to be, it's going to be awesome. So there's going to be something for everyone. And the uh, big parts of it, like the main cities, we know Leowin is going to be there. And uh, I think they said Gideon, right, dog? And they said that will be the first time that that uh, city has been shown in a game since Arena. And I'm pretty sure cities in Arena were random generated. So they all just look the same. But, you know, I could I could be wrong. Although I did watch Lotus play, and you, I wouldn't have been able to pick any of the cities apart because they're just building after building. But anyways, 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 we have all this awesome stuff coming. 
They said it's going to be one big zone, no split up thing like it was for Graymore and Blackreach. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I was so excited to get home and record this episode. So we have a little bit more here in the reveal, right, dog, before ESO live stuff. Right. Yeah, right. Uh, one of the things that I kind of uh, picked out was the uh, giant imperial banner for the red diamond, which, you know, I'm sure both you and I will, uh, you know, decorate our guild halls with if they come out. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even see it. Is it beautiful? <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was perfect. Like, it's just like there. And it's like, yeah. And yeah. And, and actually, it uh, appeared, you know. When uh, Loremaster Lehman Tuttle was talking about uh, giant mad-eating frogs, which, you know, that's definitely a new enemy if I ever heard of one. And uh, <laughs> in the three factions of the area, the Ivory Brigade, which is the Imperial Legates. And, well, that's where, you know, the Imperial Banner showed up to. Uh, the Black Finn Legion, which is the Argonians loyal to, I think, Dishia? I, I don't know how he pronounced that. I don't even know if I'm spelling it corrected, so. Sounds good. And then the Solsha, which is Argonians worshipping Mayor and Stagon. And and then much more that he's kind of talked about because he's a lore master. And then lastly, they talked about next-gen consoles, and they said that they're still working on them, and they're still working on the game. It sounded like they might have something more closely around June when the chapter's ready. Yeah, but as of a Right now, uh, Rich said that it runs unbelievably well on compatibility mode. So I'm just wondering, it's like, how are those load screens, right? Because those load screens are like game changer for a PC. And if I can get that, I might not be playing on PC anymore. Especially since, uh, well, that's a bit spoilery, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> that is not the only thing that is game changing for it, PC to console. There, it is one of the many things, but we also have to remember, right? My uh, ESO looks better on my Xbox compared to my uh, laptop, so because you're lazy, I have a desktop waiting to send you, and you just won't set it up anywhere because I don't have room. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're such a liar! But um, that kind of like sums up the global reveal, and yeah. Which kind of means that we can go on about uh, the Gates of Oblivion timeline and like a little short summary on it. Perfect. So, as you guys know, we have uh, had a pretty similar uh, release cycle of DLC in Elder Scrolls Online for the last, uh, you know, pretty good amount of years here. Going back, I think, even as far as Morrowind, maybe maybe after Morrowind. But regardless, we get two dungeons in the spring. We get a chapter in the summer. We get two dungeons in the fall. And then we get the uh, story smaller DLC there in the end of the year. So it's happening again this year. It's amazing. It's impressive. They continue to put out... Not only four DLC drops, but a ridiculous amount of game-changing quality of life improvements and uh, just overall performance improvements as well that we are also going to talk about. However, just to get through the timeline, the first 
DLC that's going to be dropped is the Dungeons DLC called Flames of Ambition. It's the quarter one DLC, our two dungeons. The first one, we've got Black Drake Villa, which is located in the Gold Coast, and it's going to have the one and only Evelise Sharp Arrow there helping you out. She's going to be providing uh, bow and moral, of course, support. So, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Like, I don't know. I remember uh, Finn was showing it, and I get all like, I don't want to see anything. I don't want to hear anything. I just want to, like, but I do. <laughs> but I was also working, so it's kind of in and out during this part. Uh, so, yeah, I remember him saying there was something about, like, a library, and they were like, Evelyn was like, they're burning the books. So I'm like, oh, man, this is so, I already want to be in there, like, now, now, now. So, yeah, that's me awesome. Yeah, and then another, the second uh... one. Yep, another Deja Prince is burning libraries. Wow. Wow, classic. And then, uh, what about the second one, dog? Alright, this is the Cauldron. It's located in Deshaun. And it has Lyranth, you know, the best NPC. The best NPC that you'll uh, talk crap on, uh, you know, necromancers. And uh, the house, they'll say how uh, fleshy Echinoxia tools are the dim-winded. Oh my goodness, man. It's you know what? I hope she has something good enough where it just distracts you from that one for the rest of all time. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, maybe she'll talk see. about maybe she'll just talk about how godly Templars are and you just talk about that for the rest of your life. <laughs> I mean, if she does that, then I definitely have to talk about that. You're like, yes, even Lyrian agrees that you know Templars are gods. I'm going to start questioning who's writing Lyrianth at that point. (laughs) (laughs) Is Dog sending this person some ideas? Because they hate Necros and they love Templars. (laughs) So anyways, those are going to be the two dungeons. Of course, we're going to have the prologue quest for the chapter. That is going to be coming in spring of 2021. Then we have the chapter itself quarter two launches june 1st on pc and stadia and june 8th for consoles gonna have all sorts of fun stuff in there of course tutorial trial new uh overworld like you know the dolmen system which is gonna be like oblivion portals all these awesome cities and yeah just more and more stuff we're gonna talk more about it don't worry then we got the next dungeon pack in quarter three of course, another prologue for the last story DLC, and that is probably going to all be right around quarter four. In the Deadlands, which uh pretty sure Gilrain's gonna be in that one, right? I mean, how you have something in the Deadlands without Gilrain, yeah, right? Both Gilrain and Fingarian. Or yes. Fingarian. Something like that. Something like, yeah. You know, they're a uh, Bosmer. They, they, they'll understand. They, they'll be <laughs> acceptable of it. <laughs> I hope. All right. So we're going to have a freaking awesome year, guys. It's going to be fantastic. And we have plenty, plenty more to talk about here and get into. But as always, we want to take this little middle part of our episode to remind you we are part of the one and only Robots Radio Podcast Network. And if you check out our show notes, you can find links to our sponsors from the network where you could get 15% off your first 
crate at loot crate or a free month on us when you sign up for your first at GameStop for only $10. So both of those will give a kickback to us and we will directly feel your support. Plus we've got links to our uh, merch store on there and other awesome things as well, like our Twitter, Facebook, ESO-hub.com where you can find all kinds of cool things about ESO and we're even in the news section under the podcast which is freaking amazing it's ran by Al Castam Wooler come on now so go check out all those things especially the one and only Robots Radio Podcast Network Ahoy there, ye landlubbers. Avast, my name is Captain Logan, and I'll be your guide out on the Sea of Thieves. If you love the idea of stealing treasure, cutting down cursed skeletons, fighting off krakens, and raiding forts filled to the brim with shinies, then Sea of Thieves is the game for you. Join me each week as I dive into the news and bring back the nuggets of information that any sailor worth their weight in salt would desire. You don't have to be a pirate legend to gain access to my podcast. Just search for Keelhauled, a Sea of Thieves podcast in your podcast app of choice or head over to robotsradio.net or captainlogan.podbeam.com and get ready to set sail for adventure. All right. All right. So, dog, I'm trying to remain calm because I'm freaking excited, dude. So excited, man. It's going to be such an awesome year. We learned so much today during ESO Live, hosted by the one and only Gina Bruno and the senior community manager, Jessica Folsom. And they brought in uh, MVP Mike Finnegan. And as we were already stating earlier, the man who truly brought us some of the craziest information of the day, uh, Brian Wheeler. So lots of fun. The VOD is up there. You should go check it out if you haven't got a chance. But we're going to catch you up on everything important and break down a little bit of what they're talking about. So first things first. We all love Elder Scrolls. Coming into its uh, seventh year for PC, geez Louise, sixth for uh, console. It's getting a little, getting a little aged, you know. A lot of players possibly have wondered, you know, in their time, how much longer do we do we truly have of you know the golden age of this game? How long are they going to put out content? How long are they going to support the servers? Is it going to be five, ten? 20 years, three, one, who knows? Well, we got some assurance on that today. They are being, every game server is being replaced. They're putting in new servers to help stabilize and, uh, you know, bring the game into the future so they could continue to run and support it for many, many years going forward and create content for it. And I mean, like we were just saying earlier when I brought this up, dog, like Elder Scrolls 6 is still pretty far out there. 
Yeah, uh, it's probably going to be in like, what, 2026, 2027, maybe even later. Right? So, I mean, the people need something to do until then. Yeah, some kind of ES or Elder Scrolls content needs to be out, and why not ESO, right? Yeah. So, like we said, they're still running on their original hardware from 2014. This is really good stuff. They're updating all data center hardware throughout the year. Now, this doesn't mean there's going to be new servers or anything. It's still going to be PC, NA, you know, PC, same thing like that. And it's just going to be newer. Now, you're probably not going to, like, even though new servers, like, oh my gosh, probably freaking going to make everything amazing, right? Well, uh, you know, you're probably not going to see this huge impact in game. Um, because it's more their side, the server side. But it is important to know that they're brand new and that it's going to be able to run at its full capacity for the foreseeable future, for sure. Yeah, it's going to ensure outdated hardware failures on their end don't cause your game to crash too. So it's pretty solid. I mean, I'm wondering if like they are hoping that this is going to help, but they don't want to say it because obviously if you say like, yeah, this should, uh, you know, be good for the servers. Like this should help with the lag and stuff. And if it doesn't, then, well, I already see, you already know what the forms will be. So they, they kind of want to put that little disclaimer out there just in case, you know, it doesn't change much or, you know, maybe, maybe they're, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, been wrong before right oh yeah yeah see bob knows he's like oh yeah you're way wrong about this right now you should just stop talking right no <laughs> just like you've been wrong before oh all right <laughs> <laughs> i can confirm but uh also they kind of talked about housing for a little bit and you can now fast travel outside of your homes i think you can also fast travel inside of your homes um yeah, they also talked about housing. It was only for like three minutes or so, and I couldn't find it to whenever I was writing more notes about it. So, yeah. It's definitely well, something okay, that uh, you'll you find out later, right? <laughs> what do you mean when you say fast travel outside of your home? Um, They made it sound like that you'll be able to like actually like take a... Uh, like w- when you go to a way shrine, you can actually fast travel into your home and said like, like if you're at that way shrine, you kind of do like little bubble. Yeah. Okay. It's not instant, but I don't know if they also meant like, you can also fast travel. Like maybe there's going to be like a way shrine at your house now or something. Well, I'd love for it to not make me have to pay every time I want to travel out of my house. Like that just seems like, like what, what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's yeah. weird to me. Maybe maybe it's just free travel. I don't know, but that would be cool. I couldn't find it, so you'll we'll definitely know more in either update twenty nine or update thirty. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, continuing on with our year of twenty twenty one stuff, we got going on here. We got lots of um, event info. You know. As we have all been excited for, the Indrix are gone. We had two years of Indrix evolutions, collecting 
feathers, collecting berries. Of course, they're going to put something new in. It was a system that, you know, seems like people were at least into it first until there were eight intricate evolutions later. So I think we talked about it at one point earlier. It's going to be a unstable morpholith pet that you could get at first. It's really just this floating spear. They showed a picture of it. You're going to need to collect the fragments with event tickets from the impresario to put this together, just like the Indric. But there is going to be some much more interesting evolutions for this pet than uh, than the Indrics ever had. Right, dog? Tell them about it. All right. So your pet came more free to a skin in Q1, right? Wait, wait. My pet? Yes. Why, just- why is it a... What? Wait until okay. after it, all right? <laughs> just don't ask questions. <laughs> yeah, don't ask questions just yet, all right? Let me, get, let me get through the rest of them, all right? Then, you know, you get all the pieces again, all right? Your pet can morph into a personality. All right, that's Q2. All right? If you think that's crazy enough, then, you know, your pet can morph into a mount in Q3. All right? It's pretty big, right? You know, you go from your little pet, sphere pet, into some kind of mount. And I don't think we're talking about like a bigger sphere that you're just flying around on. I don't know what it is, but Wouldn't that'd be cool though. Like <laughs> that would be pretty cool. It's like I'm actually doing the character just like full sit, just like hovering on it. Like <laughs> yeah, maybe I maybe know. actually I want a floating uh sphere as a mount. <laughs> and then, you know, Q4, this is where you know we go crazy, all right? Your pet can morph into a house. All right. So, uh, yeah, I think we need to talk about this for a second, right? This is modeled off of Mayroon's Dagon and, you know, the year of oblivion. He is known as the Prince of Darkness or the Prince of Destruction or even the God of Flipping Tables by, you know, the lore master Lehman Tuttle himself. True. He spoke it. So it's canon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I this want is- that title for my character. God of Flipping <laughs> Tables. <laughs> Well, it has to be. It has to be another sound fire, though. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this isn't any of that. But you know, this is sure up Molog Balls Alley. You know, hundred percent. Which was AKA the Lord of Brutality, the God of Schemes, the Harvester of Souls. And now, I don't think there's anything more brutal of turning a pet into a skin for you to wear, or turning your pet into a personality. For you to enact all happy or joyful or angry or something like that. Or turning a pet into a mount that for you to ride. Or, but the most brutal thing you can do is to turn your pet into a house for you to live in. And place a whole bunch of furnishings in. And walk around in. Like, how do you think that pet feels about you stomping around and putting other pets inside of that pet house and other mounts inside of that pet house. Like, I think, I, I think, think <laughs> you are taking this way too literal. <laughs> it's a freaking thing from oblivion, bro. It could transform into whatever it wants. If you feed it the right energy. <laughs> but what if I wanted to be a pet and not a, 
Oh, I guess I just don't, just don't feed it. it. <laughs> don't feed it, and it'll be happy little bubble. All of you. Look, look, look. You don't even need to ask that question because we all know that you're going to get enough uh, nascent oblivion <laughs> bubbles to have. <laughs> you know, not only all of the evolutions of the houses mounts, <laughs> but you will also have the base pet probably three times over. So there you go. All's well that ends well. Plus... <laughs> Even though as crazy as it may seem, look, the mounts were cool, but giving just different skins of the mount four times a year, it got old quick. This is a definitely interesting and maybe slightly a little bit lore crazy, uh, but that's not, you know, we aren't here to care about any of that. Give us free stuff. Anyways, this is a good way for them to get some stuff out to the people without doing like a forced event you know but even though i still hope we have a promotional event later this year because i have enjoyed those where we get free stuff because you know free stuff but i think that this is a cool thing to keep people you know into the events without them feeling so much like oh boy another injury you know this is this is good this is a really good change and i think that people are gonna they're gonna get into it this year i think I think another awesome thing is that uh, there's, I think it costs less tickets, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. But uh, the other thing is that it's, it has three fragments to collect, which is going to be you oh, know, that's right. pretty much one less uh, event, right? Yeah, that, well, I mean, that alone in itself saves you on less tickets. So. Yeah. And, and is that... Like the other pieces too, like to turn into a house and stuff is only gonna be three, or is it three I'm, to turn it in to like make it originally? It it might be three and three and three, but okay. Yeah. But that's yet to be seen. Okay. Yeah. For sure. So let's uh that's what's going on with the events. As we said earlier, they're gonna keep us up to date every quarter. They're gonna let us know the events of that quarter and what month they're going to take place in. Totally awesome. We love the uh, notice and the transparency because, you know, like they caught us uh, with our pants down a couple weeks ago in mid-year. We like recorded and we're like, okay, like, you know, you guys said something about mid-year. Was it mid-year or was it a different event? I don't know. They totally caught us. Like, we recorded and we went to put out the episode like three days later and somewhere in between then, right before the event started, it released the dates, the specific dates. So um, we do appreciate, we appreciate the notice. Like, thank you guys straight up from the Red Diamond Courier. <laughs> So, as always, there's going to be a new tutorial. Um, there has been one with every chapter so far. But they went a little bit extra with this year's tutorial stuff. Am I right, dog? Yeah, so uh, Gina was talking about how uh, kind of the community was like saying how they wanted only one tutorial instead of like having a new one each year and having different ones that are available to different people. So it kind of sounded like to me that they're going to have one tutorial for the base game in any chapter. So if you're a new player, 
you're going to get the same tutorial. It's going to show you how to like swing your weapon or shoot your weapon. you know, if you're using a Stafford bow or something, or uh, they're going to tell you how to equip skills and level up and that kind of stuff. And then at the end, there's a portal preview for each chapter or the base game where you can go and pick and choose your adventure. So like, maybe you want to start off doing the, what you want, maybe you want to fight dragons, which I really wouldn't recommend being your first thing because <laughs> bold move. <laughs> yeah. Bold move. I mean, you're not dragonborn, but I mean, maybe you do and you know, you can, right? It's up that that's up to you. Or you can do maybe you want to see Skyrim again, so you can go to Skyrim. Maybe you want to go or, to Morrowind, or maybe you want to fight some fat slugs. <laughs> <laughs> you can go to Somerset. Yep. <laughs> yep, you could do that too. And yeah, so it's pretty awesome that you could choose your adventure. So that was the big takeaway with this new tutorial setup. Yeah, that's actually really awesome and something that I think definitely should be in the game so cheers to them for uh you know seeing that the community wanted that and getting it taken care of honestly now of course with the new chapter we have to buy it which you know never the funnest part of anything but they do have some awesome goodies of course so we have a digital collector's edition, as always. And this year, there's no physical collector's edition, but there's some stipulations to that. And I'm going to get into it, and I'm going to try my best to uh, not go down that super deep rabbit hole, but I'll, I'll get into it. So for the digital collector's edition, we have a few different things coming with it. As always, the jewel-feathered Sep Adder Pet. The Temperamental Grimoire Memento. The Battlefield Nightmare Cinch Mount, which looked pretty freaking cool. It Deadlands. Did. Yeah, I really did. Like, I love it when they do a cool one. Because the last really cool one, I think, for the collectors was Somerset. And I didn't get that one. So, Yeah, I think. No, I got that one after. I think I got that one, like, I think I got it last year. Like during When it was on sale during the. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a good time to get it. That was a nice mount, or whatever. Yeah, it was a nice mount, and I loved it. Yeah, so this one is really nice, too. The Battlefield uh, Nightmare Cinch Mount, and then you also get the Deadlands Gladiator Outfit, and the Offer Weapon Emote. And, you know, I love you guys. Zoss, you make my favorite game. Like, what like i mean i get it like it's mayron's day gone but like i'm not gonna give him my weapon like who am i offering my weapon to like i want to be emperor like that's the eternal goal of this game i don't offer my weapon to anyone nope you offer it to me and you say templars are gods wow that's literally why they put it in the game i feel now (laughs) exactly right yep so now i can't buy the collector's edition i'm just kidding but Anyways, there is that emote as well. Plus, of course, some awesome pre-order stuff as well. You will immediately get, if you pre-order it, the Nagahide Welwa Ravager mount. First time we're going to be able to ride a Welwa. That's uh, what uh, Pete Hines said, so I, he must be right. 
<laughs> and then we have uh, the Iron Atronaut Crate, the Dramora Kine Reeve Outfit, the Deadlands Wamasu Pet. Ooh, Wamasu, that's cool. Three treasure maps and two experienced girls. Plus, very special. This part's important because if you pre-order it before March 17th, you will also get the Nightmare Bear Cub. And you'll get it immediately. So you'll get that and the Nagahide Wellwood Nagahide Wellwa Ravager mount immediately to your account. So that's pretty cool. You get all that those immediately, all that other stuff when it comes out, plus the stuff of the collector's edition if you pre-order that. So I mean that's cool. Like, you know, they're giving you some stuff, they're making it worth it. Right? Like that that seems pretty cool, right, dog? Yeah, it's uh, pretty awesome. Yes, and like I said, love you guys at Zoss. Make my favorite game. I'd send you all my money. But, and this is probably like, I don't know what department is putting this stuff together, but there is a, a large problem because, as I said, there's no physical collector's edition. However, they're releasing a statue, a coin, and a small lithograph that very seemingly would fit with a physical collector's edition like it did last year. A statue, four coins, a large map. And the problem here is they're being sold separately. But... If you go onto the Bethesda gear store and look for the uh, statue and everything, it comes at $120. Now, I'm not complaining. I understand things are expensive. That's how it goes. However, the Somerset, or not Somerset, the Graymore Collector's Edition, the physical Collector's Edition, was the same price. Now, it came with the game. The game collector's edition as well as the other stuff i have no problem paying a large price for this stuff but the bethesda gear store has this constant problem of charging a very large amount for shipping so now you're having to buy an 120 like set of you know physical items you have to pay a large amount in shipping and then on top of that if you want the collector's edition of the chapter you have to spend another $50. And for me, I just think that's like, I don't know. That's bad. I don't, I think that's way too much. I think that that was just, maybe it was oversight with, you know, how they're marketing that. But that is like to, to tell like your dedicated players, like pay $175 for the collector's edition of a chapter plus like a you know some physical stuff i don't know it's just like there's a better way to do that you know and it's packaging it all together may and you know i understand that things are really tough right now pandemic corona shipping is crazy and i'm that could have played a role and if it did i totally understand and that happens but you know, I don't know, maybe be a little upfront with that kind of stuff because 
everyone wanted the physical collector's edition back so bad and we got it last year and they were like yeah we heard you guys we know you wanted it so here it is and then this year it just kind of feels like a slap in the face to make you buy the two things separate it just is like okay so you just want my money like is that it yeah, and the uh, collector's edition last year, it, that like sold out like within like a month and a half, maybe even two months. Like it sold out, it sold out well before uh, June, probably even May. Like it was yeah, and it didn't just sell out on like one; it sold out it sold on out all of them by the end. <laughs> yeah, it sold out on PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. So yeah. I really don't want to like get too negative at all in this episode we're talking about all this awesome stuff and we're so excited for all this content but and i and like i said i know that like you know it's not like anyone gets to just go choose how much you know there's a a series of people you know there's a reason why it's like this but as you know a dedicated player and someone who is willing to pay a large amount for you know a collector's edition and stuff it felt like a little bit of like really like i don't get like i have to pay all this and i don't even get the game like so that to me was just a little bit of a thing especially from last year when it was like a very nice experience of getting it all together so it felt just like a little bit of like weird but like i said things are weird this year and last year because of pandemic you know which kicked off at a later you know after they had probably been planning stuff for chapter last year so if that's what it is totally understand it happens but if not then i really think that they should take a look at uh I really hope that, you know, as a player going forward, they would take a look at how they continue to put that stuff out because I think that they'd make a lot more money if they sold the bundle personally. Like marketing, if I was like marketing, I'd be like, guys, we're losing money on this one personally. But I'm totally done with all that noise. Um, You know, we are excited. We're totally stoked. Just money sucks you know no one wants to spend like thousand dollars but you know if i'm gonna spend a thousand dollars it's gonna be on elder scrolls right because there's also all these other cool things coming out right dog right like the uh eso gaming chair which isn't available yet but you can enter the noble chairs giveaway and yeah it's uh it was, I don't know how long the giveaway is active for, and it's one of those giveaways where you gotta like do all these like little things, but go enter for your chance because the chair is absolutely beautiful. And uh, I'd probably be freaking out trying to figure out how to ex- like expense this. Uh, probably, I don't know, I'm assuming it's probably, I haven't looked at noble chairs, but you know, nice chairs are expensive, they're probably 300 or some odd dollars. They're in the hundreds at least, so yeah, I'm. I would be like, oh my god, I didn't have to buy this, but I just got an awesome gaming chair for Christmas, so I'm like, I'm all right, I'm chilling. I'm trying to keep myself chill on the chair, even though the more I talk about it, the more my heart is like, buy the chair. Yeah, I just uh, look up at uh some of the uh the icon ones. It's like. I think it's it's it could be anywhere between like four hundred six hundred dollars. Dang, because they had a Fallout one too that was really beautiful. 
Yeah. But yeah, so you guys should definitely, I'm sure you guys have seen it. Uh, Jessica and Gino were sitting in them today. Super awesome. It's got the uh, different parts of the Ouroboros along the back, the full Ouroboros on the front. Very, very cool. So outside of that, we also got some other stuff into the uh, gear store over there. Um, definitely wanted to let you guys know about this one because it's a limited time thing. There is a Elder Scrolls Online Blackwood reveal event t-shirt. It's only there until I think February 9th or so. It's like 25 bucks. Um, yeah, shipping is ridiculous. So I don't know. Buy multiple things. <laughs> like when you go, make sure you're like not just buying the one thing because you're going to pay a half of it in shipping. But super awesome shirts. And uh, I definitely have one on the way. And then, as we're saying, the Marines Dagon bundle is there. It comes with the awesome statue. It comes with a lithograph and a coin, the Ambitions token. Then we've got the Dwarven Constellation Cube that is in the store as well. It was a little bit smaller than I thought it was going to be when Gina showed it on stream. But I assume it lights up or something. It looks pretty cool. For 60 bucks, I'm not sure if I'm going to go for it. And I guess I could tell you guys the prices on these as I go through. I think I did for the t-shirt. It was 25 We talked about the chair. The statue bundle is $120 US. And uh, the cube, like I said, 60 bucks. So, yeah. And that's, you know, about all the awesome stuff that has come up. There was a little sale going on. So if there's any chance you were hearing this the day this episode comes out and you want to go get some merch from the store, there's a 20% sale going on. So more power to you. I took advantage. Not going to lie. And before we go into the dungeons and stuff with Mike Finnegan here, let's just squeak in this last crazy thing that they talked about. Because um, for me, I was like, are they going to do a new class? Are they going to do a new race? Are they going to do like, you know, what could go on? But none of that really happened. But they did introduce one new game changing kind of thing. Right, dog? Yes, it's the uh, companion system. And, well, you probably are thinking, like, what's a companion, right? And, well, a companion is somebody that can tag along with you on your adventures. And I talk about, like, a friend, you know, like Bob. Like, I have Bob to tag along my adventures, but no, you can actually have an NPC friend. And you will unlock them during the uh, Blackwood quests. So so weird to me i mean like am i i like i'm excited and intrigued but i always thought if you're gonna have a companion there would be more of like a non-combat one but these ones they're like they'll tank for you they'll heal they'll do whatever you need yeah, they have like, combat oh. roles they have skills you can put gear on them and level them up like they also have personal story quests and dialogue that's like to me, you know, I kind of the only thing that has that kind of similar system is Star Wars: The Old Republic, and I thought that was cool that they did that too. And now ESO is doing that, and I actually play ESO like a lot more in Star Wars: The Old Republic. So, yeah, that is definitely an interesting system, and uh, I think it'll. I don't know, like, yeah, I think it'll be interesting in how like they implement it, like. 
because you clearly like if you're gonna do the new trials or dungeons moving forward like after that uh dlc release like how is that going to imp- impact performance because like in uh you know xbox and probably playstation as well like they tell you oh you can't have your uh non-combat pet or your uh what is it banker or merchant out because it lags the it just lags the trial or something and like that's a big thing that they kind of talk about and you also have to think about like well maybe they're like oh well if you have this thing maybe they think that you might be doing like maybe 2k more dps than normal and if like you know what about eight people are doing 2k more that means that everyone's ex- they're expecting everyone to have like 16k more dps in total so yeah definitely gonna be interesting to see it freaking you know 12 people on trial 12 companions so yes <laughs> awesome i mean like rich said he's like it's gonna be there for you anywhere but pvp yes. which implied dungeons and trials i mean we don't know for sure but it implied it think if we like why would you even need healers anymore you just have a pocket healer yeah, I mean, I would assume the heals probably suck, though. I mean, you probably have, True. like, you know, your burst heal, but even, like, Radiant Regeneration is just OP on top of, like, healing springs. And... Yeah, but I'm thinking, like, you know, I might finally go into Maelstrom Arena, get my Flawless, and have my uh, guy just be a tank. And, like, yes, I'll heal you, guy, and I'll do damage. But mainly, you're going to tank everything, and it's going to be great. Dude, if they let us use them in solo <laughs> arenas, that's just that's silly. So, yeah, there's gonna be a lot of uh, stuff to come with that. As Dog said, you unlock them in the uh, Blackwood story during the chapter. There are two that are gonna come at the very start: one male, one female. So, yeah. I thought with companions it'd be like people you know, but I guess they're busy and they can't just follow you around. So Yeah, fortunately I can't I can't just take like Everytharn or Lyrianth to come with me. And, <laughs> and I'd be like, Lyrianth, all right, your purpose in this dungeon is to say flesh etch next or tools have did dim with it every minute on the minute. And <laughs> I feel like that would get very old very fast, especially for Bob. Classic freaking dog. So uh, we have, uh, you know, Dungeons and more with Mike Finnegan. And he kind of goes over, like, with the uh, Update 29 and what kind of crew some of the dungeons, which you talked about earlier. He also said that, you know, PTS is going to be tomorrow, the 27th, which is, you know, same day that this episode's being released. So there you go. Get in there. You can look at stuff. And there's a lot of stuff to look at, too. So... Yep, uh, there was also a full skill point reset reminder coming with update 29. Um, and, you know, the most important part, right? He was on a Templar, AoE killing everything in his path, which, you know, just proves and crap. <laughs> he was on a he Templar. He was on his freaking God mode, like, <laughs> dev account, dude. Don't even come at me. Of course he was a god. <laughs> Templars are gods, and I mean he was on a Templar. I don't think he could do that on a you know necromancer. 
Oh yeah, oh, yeah, I'm sure with all his magical <laughs> death powers, I'm sure. Yeah. Clearly, it only works on Templars, like. But uh, yeah, and then lastly, there was update 29 BGs. Uh, they have three new emotes coming. I think they all involve like a chaos ball, or maybe it's a relic. But uh, yeah, well, that's pretty cool. All of that is uh, definitely pretty interesting. Excited to see the PTS stuff. I'm still haven't decided whether I'm going to get in there or not. But with that, we're going to get right into all of the other awesome stuff that Brian Wheeler brought along with him when he came onto the show. We talked about some of the PvP stuff that he did, that he uh, talked about, at least the test and everything. He is the lead combat and PvP designer. But he talked about so, so much more. And we're going to go a little bit differently ordered than him. So first off, he did talk about adding a whole advanced stats tab. So there's been add-ons to get advanced stats for PC. But now it's going to be for everyone, base game, which is awesome. Because I don't even have those add-ons, you know, as a newer PC player. Never seen them. So you're going to be able to see all kinds of stuff, not just things like physical and spell penetration. Yeah, console players, I know how much have we always wanted to freaking be able to see that. You're going to be able to see all kinds of things from percentages and costs of random stuff or how fast you go, sprint cost, sneak cost, sneak speed. Uh, flame resistance, shock resistance, uh, very specific things. Uh, monster and player kill XP. It's it's really good. And they have varying things. They have percentages on some, and they have uh, flat damages on the others. So all kinds of awesome stuff. I was really, really excited to see that. What about you, Dog? Yeah, I was uh, also pretty excited. Uh, kind of like when I was looking through, it's like I saw one that was like monster and player kill experience, and I was like, "Oh, that's actually interesting. That's never something I really thought about." But if you can actually kind of figure that out, you can actually figure out uh what would be the best way to actually you know level up and grind to uh the new you know CP cap that's coming up, right? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Did you say CP cap? Yep, it's being increased. But before we talk about that, we have to talk about, you know, the champion point system. And first whoa, off, whoa, 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 champion points. They haven't touched those in like two freaking years. Yeah. Yeah. It's been pretty much about two years. Yeah, you're it's been right. Pretty much since you've like <laughs> played the game. We've been eight, ten. like you've never even I started when people were six, nine. OK, OK. I was there for I was there, man. I was there. <laughs> I was there. For I don't know what ranks bro. Okay. <laughs> so what Dog is talking about is the final construction of what they have been working on for two years. The rework of our champion point system. It has been stagnant. Everyone kind of thought maybe they're just gonna leave it how it is like maybe they've decided they're happy with a10 nope 
they've been working on it. They've been reworking the entire system, overhauling it and making it so much better. And they detailed it today. So we are pretty much breaking things into Champion Point version 2.0 and Champion Point version 1.0, or the OG Champion Point system. So, dog, what's it going to be all about, man? Like, what's some aspects of it? At least start us off. All right, so in CP 1.0, you know, that's what we have currently. And, you know, when you get to be CP 300 and you actually put in those 300 points, you get free Magicka, free Stamina, and free Health. And that's no longer going to be a thing in 2.0. And pretty much what this means is that if you're CP 10 or future CP 3000, you will have the same amount of base Health, Magicka, and Stamina with no CP applied to your character. And that's kind of like what Bob and I think how it should be, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would definitely say that's how it should be. I always thought it was weird that any of the attributes were uh, connected to champion points. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things that uh, I, I didn't know about until Graham actually said, is like, oh, yeah, you know, that's a thing. And it's like, oh, I guess that's a thing. You know, and that was like a year and a half ago. <laughs> Yeah, Graham knows all. Yeah. So as far as uh, CP 2.0, like, really, that's all you wanted to say about the original one? I mean, that's all what he really said about it. I mean, like, we, we know what CP 1.0 is. Like, we've been living it with it for, like, three years, maybe four. Okay, I've well, been for at least two or three. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> I guess it will be all detailed in these changes here because CP 2.0 grows. It, it grows not only on you, it grows on as a whole because, man, there are a huge variety of changes. We have, a, as Jay Wheeler put it himself, there's a few different ways of progression in games. There is vertical progression, which goes from power up and down, how powerful you are, or horizontal progression, which allows you to expand your character and build it, you know, in different ways, the way you want, etc. And Elder Scrolls games are traditionally heavily focused on the horizontal uh, leveling and expansion so they have taken that in, into consideration and champion point system is definitely reflecting that because as champion points are now we have a cap 810 now the cap is being raised to the absolute max the champion points have always been at since the game started, I believe, or maybe at least since they changed it to focus on champion points during one Tamriel, you've been able to earn up to 3,600 champion points. I bet you didn't know that. However, you probably wouldn't know it, because why in the anyone's right mind would they ever make it to 3,600 champion points during this time? However, that time has come. If you are 3,600, 
Your time is now. You're going to be able to use all of them and everything's going to be good. And if you are 300 and you just almost quit the game right now when I said 3,000, don't worry. Everything's good. Because if you thought it was hard to get to A10 and now it's impossible to get to 3,000, the thing about A10 is that was where they stopped champion points for a reason. They stopped it there because we were too powerful. They understood that the vertical growing of our power had reached a point where they could barely reel it in. So they just stopped it entirely. They left it there and reworked the system. Now, there's still going to be an eventual vertical cap. You're not going to be able to just grow endlessly, just powerful forever. There's going to be a point where you continue leveling up and continue using your champion points, but they're not going to make you more powerful or able to heal any better. It's going to create a place where you have much more choices and could directly affect your build in more personal ways and make it customize it more in the way that truly speaks to you. And that's really what champion points should be about. You guys know how much we love the game. We have been podcasting for a year, pretty deep. We've switched to PC from Xbox. We both have over 1300 CP on Xbox. We both have over 600 CP on PC. We love this game. We both suck at champion points. Neither of us are posting videos about how we have mathematically constructed our champion points perfectly to the nth degree, making sure that each percentage, uh, you know, ends on the utmost perfect one to make sure it's just over the percentage, allowing you to actually have the uh, full capability of whatever thing you're saying. Because if something's have you have 15.8 before, you had 15 until you get to 16. So it's got rid of that. You don't have to worry about being this perfect, you know, figuring out everything as a mathematician and everything. Even, you know, and that's pretty much my point. Dog deny, it's easier with champion points. Like, there's people who are doing that deep work, you know, like we trust them. We will just, you know, like, that's one of our favorite parts about looking at, you know, these pretty much professional content creators, Outcast, Zynode, people like that. They're just putting in tireless work to make the uh, end game builds. Those like looking at one of their builds and their champion points. For us, champion points are like you get a starting off point of like, this is where you kind of should be doing it. And then you can expand upon that and more personalize it how you want. But it never really felt like you were truly doing your own thing. Now, with this system, there's going to be so many options. And there's going to be ones that are clearly obvious to take. Increase damage, increase magic, increase this, increase that. But there are going to be ones that you can take and put onto your champion's passive bar. And even as I'm saying that, it feels kind of weird. Right, dog? 
yeah, it's uh, interesting, definitely. So what is this top bar, dog? All right, well... All right, so what, uh, you know, Brian Wheeler, he says that it does two things. The first one is it's for performance. And then he talks about uh, Bastion, which in the old tree, it like it uh, give you a shield or something. It had something to do with shields, right? And it was less stressed when it was on this like little bar because it didn't have to be like, oh, well, is this a shield? Is that a shield? Is your jabs giving you a shield? No? All right, well, we can move on. And yeah, it's pretty much like the case of how dogs saying that. Like, think of how many of those, like, little passive things that we used to get from champion points. You would have possibly, like, upwards of 30 little passives running in a constant time. And that's not just on you. That's on every max level player. And if there's that many, as we were talking about with sets earlier, if there's that many checks going on, every time you do something, the game is, like, asking yourself did they do this do i need to change it do i need to affect it the more you limit that the more hopefully they're gonna find that performance goes up a little bit just a little bit and we're going you know we're taking little by little here yep and the second part is that it's easy to just swap them off and on as if like you know they're slottable because well, they're slotable pretty much. You can put them on or you take them off. So, and I think there was like four for each tree, right, dog? Yes. Oh, for a to- total of 12. Yep. You are correct. Yeah. So, totally, totally rework overhaul of the system. As we've been saying, I'm just going to recap a little bit during this whole thing because. Man, it's it, there's so much. So, full rework. Cap is going to 3,600. The actual power cap will be much lower. Probably, you know, we're looking at 800 now. I would assume be somewhere around 1,000, maybe early 1,000s. And it's something that they can continue to expand upon if that's what they want to do. So... You don't have to worry about getting 3,000 champion points, as we were saying earlier. In our, as we were saying earlier, you will still hit a certain power cap. The more you get, the more you'll be able to spend, the more choices you'll have. Which, as Brian said, was just always a key of Elder Scrolls games, truly. So... Last thing in our little recap, as we just talked about, we have a little bar at the top. You're going from having a bunch of passives that probably you didn't even pay attention to or know about to having the specific passives you want. You will have to choose. So not just all of these things are going to be active. Plus, we're going from about three, about nine trees to about three. But... As Brian Wheeler was saying, they have left room for themselves to expand because if you look at the current blue tree we'll have, it has two extra subsections. So it has three sections total, which is very similar to how it used to be earlier, but they're all, all things are different. Some things have carried over, but most are different. Now, 
The other two do not have those subsections from what I understand, but there's a possibility that they can expand upon that later. So it's all very new and we're going to have to see how it goes. But main thing with the champion points and the new stuff that I want to get across before I end this monologue. Um, yeah, don't be afraid of this big 3,600 number. You don't need to be 3,600. I don't need to be 3,600. Dog doesn't need to be 3,600. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I want to be 3,600. I want to be too. <laughs> I've always wanted to be. But, you know, I'm just saying, Dog and I aren't even 810 on PC. Like, you will still be able to do end game content at a relatively easy champion point allotment for you to grind to. And it may be even easier than ever before, because now going from 300 to 600 may be as easy as it used to be to go from zero to like 300 or even less. We're going to have to find out. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, going from like 1375 to 1376 isn't going to be 1.1 million experience because then that'd be a lot of experience like for like each one. Oh, per level, yeah. <laughs> like it is now, but yeah. I would assume that maybe like in the 2000s, it gets to the point where it was for the 1000s before. Yeah, probably. That would be my guess, because it seems like, what I mean, this new system, they have 36, or they have 99 choices, up from like 36, right? Yes, that's correct. So there is so, so much. So they want, they're going to want people to have enough points to put into stuff. So very, very interesting. And there's three, still three different trees, but they're a little bit different from before, right? Yep. You have a warfare, which is the blue one, which has, you know, I think two or three sub constellations. There is the second one, which is craft. I think it's green. It might not be, but um, and obviously that's gonna be stuff like crafting and I think mobility or tanking. Like like there's a wide variety for them, and yeah. And then the last one is fitness, and I actually think that one's purple, or at least the constellation's purple. But uh, yeah, he really uh, kind of like really went hand with the warfare one, which is the blue one. So we don't know much about the craft and fitness ones until, well, at least tomorrow until we actually like look at it or yeah. So we'll definitely have more information later. Yeah. So I, that's where we're going to kind of cut it here on the champion point stuff. Clearly we're going to talk about this. So in depth, you know, as stuff keeps coming out, um, you know, they only had time to say so much, and we've only had time to watch it a couple times, even though we made sure we have all the good information for you guys. So as more comes out, we will keep detailing it. We're going to be messing with it in PTS if we get a chance. And yeah, just more and more and more fun stuff. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting year of 2021. Now, before we go, there was one last thing we wanted to talk about that Brian Wheeler brought up. Dog, this is one part that I got to watch very little of. So I'm aware that they're changing up 
armor and the weights and everything a little bit, right? They're going to make it more kind of in tune with how other Elder Scrolls games have been. Yeah. Um, you kind of talked about the armor stuff for a little while and, uh, like each one's going to have like bonuses and penalties except for medium armor, medium armor is it going to have any penalties, but, uh, you know, we're going to start off with light armor because I like starting off with light armor. It makes sense. And yeah, for this one, you have bonuses per piece, which is reduced damage taken from magical attacks by 1%, reduces cost of roll dodge by 3%, increases movement speed while sinking by 5%, reduces the cost of break free by 5%, reduces the cost of bash by 3%, and this is all per piece. That's uh, that's interesting. And then the uh, penalties are... It increases your damage taken from martial attacks, which is uh, weapon damage related by 1%. And, you know, I just want to say thanks, Sky at Zoss, who, you know, buffs Snipe with every patch. We see you, and we know it's you. Like... Buffs Snipe every patch? Even if, <laughs> even if Snipe doesn't get buffed, and you <laughs> he think finds a way that it didn't happen. Time. Oh, yeah. Somehow, Snipe is going to hit harder every <laughs> yes. time. Uh, increases the cost of block by 3% and decreases your damage done by batch by 1%. And again, that's for each piece. All right. So, I mean, that's, that's interesting. I mean, it makes sense. I guess, I guess that's what they're trying to do. Like if you're wearing light armor, it should make more sense for a sword to hit you harder. Right? Yes. Yeah, they're kind of going off like, well, you're wearing light armor, you're wearing clothes, so like they kind of base it off that. It's an interesting system, and I'm sure they will continue to progress it. Um, my first reaction is I get killed by, you know, physical damage constantly in my light armor, so not looking forward to it. But I hope that, uh, you know, medium armor's got some, some stuff too, right? Well, here's the kicker, right? Medium armor. It only gets bonuses, all right? Because it's in the middle. And this is reduces cost of sprint by 1%, reduces cost of sneak by 5 reduces the cost of block by 3 reduces damage taken from AoEs by 2% after using roll dodge, and increases your movement speed by 2% while immune to crowd control. So right after you stun them, they break free, they're going to chase you even faster. So, what about the penalties? There are no penalties, Bob. <laughs> nah, I, I I thought you were gonna. I thought you were lying. How can there be no penalties? Well, you see, you have light armor, right? It's pretty light. Then you have heavy armor. It's pretty heavy. Then you have medium armor, and it's medium. Okay, so... this is not <laughs> the three golden bears or Goldilocks, whatever, dude. This is not the armor that was just right, okay? Like, what is this life? I just like, if you wear light, you're screwed. If you wear heavy, you're screwed. If you wear medium, you're God. Like, oh my God. Oh my God, I just... I'm not I'm not even gonna do it. They're test this is they're working on it. This is the first, you know, they oh my god, please. <laughs> this can't be how it comes out. Okay, what about heavy armor? Alright, well for heavy armor, 
they said that you're going to be <laughs> very loud when you move around. Well, I don't know what that <laughs> means, but I, <laughs> one of the things is like, I should imagine like you like bashing around pots and pans. You're like, I'm coming guys. And you hear this guy through a wall. Like, what are you doing over there? <laughs> like, I just imagine like him riding the mount. You just see, it's like Jurassic Park. You just see like the water just shaking. Like, is they're coming? It's like, <laughs> just louder with every footstep as they come to <laughs> <you>. <laughs> like, yes <laughs> but alright it increases your damage taken from magical attacks by 1% per piece increases the amount of damage blocked by 1% increases your damage done by block by 3 and reduces your damage taken while immune to crowd control by 2 then its penalties per piece is only decreased damage taken from martial attacks by 1%. And I think there are more, but I just, he didn't show it on stream, and that's the only one that I know of. Like, this is, like, this is insane. <laughs> Mad medium armor, you know what? You should take <laughs> more damage from everything because you're just so powerful. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think it's like the exact opposite of light armor. Yeah, it would decrease the cost of block by 3%. But that's not a penalty either. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, right? That's all I'm going to say. Is I, I really don't know. <laughs> that's all you showed, and I tried smart braining it, and I can't. <laughs> and that's all he showed, you know, and that's cool. And there's more to come out, of course, but, you know, for now... I'm I'm a little bit scared. I don't want to take five percent more damage from freaking people spamming dizzy swing on me, and I do nothing else against them. That is, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm interested though. Ready to try it out, but I'm a little scared. Yeah, originally, you know, when he was talking about, he's like, "Yeah, you know, heavy armor, they're gonna be you're gonna be louder. Uh, if you're wearing light armor, you'll be quieter." I'm like, "Wow." This is awesome. But yeah, after you know, I took that, you know, closer look, you know, I started to have some concerns like, you know, one thing that I believe and I think you believe too is that we think light armor and medium medium armor sh value should be the same. Like there's really no reason for them to not be the same. Well, actually going to be technical, there's a pretty good reason why they shouldn't be the same. Light armor should be higher because weapon damage is usually higher than spell damage. But that's not the case at all because, you know, medium armor gives a higher armor rating than light armor does, which, you know, it's kind of dumb. But you can't change that. I mean, like, I guess theoretically, or just like physically, leather is thicker than cloth, but. Yeah, like, it it's makes taking sense. Taking it down to the molecular but... level, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. And, you know, it's like. Come on, like, make it the same. But uh, with that being said, you know, light armor in PvP is typically five light too heavy. So that's only a 3% more damage, you know, increase from stand builds, which is, you know, still an unnecessary boost to something that's already outperforming in PvP. I'm Especially pretty sure it's the 5%. Like, it's 1% per piece. Yeah, and you're wearing five light pieces. Yeah. But you have two heavy. And though uh, your heavy ah, pieces will counteract. 
Very nice. Very nice. So, I mean, if you just want to say, screw uh, five light, you know, pieces, you can do three and three or four and three and be like, yeah, I only take 1% more damage from then. But then, you know, you do also oh, do no. like 10 Twenty percent less damage. Do you but. think people are gonna do weird stuff like that now? Like, I don't want weird stuff, man. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I'm. I think uh, heavy armor builds are gonna be even more uh, prolific in uh, PvP, especially for mages. Yeah, unless if they do something. I mean, can you imagine if they end up just taking out every proc set out of the game in PvP, <laughs> and then also making it where medium armor is just legendary god mode. I mean, they they don't just break the game. They've rained stuff in and fixed stuff. But can you just imagine? Because you don't need a proc set to dizzy spam and then execution spam someone. Like That's yeah, all I'm, just on your bar. It's that guy who just keeps on uh, buffing Snipe. Like, he, he knows what he's doing. And he's like, yes. They told me I can't buff snipe, but I'll figure out how to make my snipe do more damage. <laughs> and there you go. <laughs> he figured it out once again. Yeah. Well, I think that's, you know, six updates in a row now. Maybe five. It's five or six. It's, it's getting up there. <laughs> five or six. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed our um, detailing of the reveal of the Gates of Oblivion event. And all the other fun stuff that took place after. We certainly had a great time today watching and getting to talk about it and all that stuff. So thank you guys for joining us. Dogged, if they want to come talk to us more about it and hear us, you know, post even more stuff about it, where can they find us? You can join us on Twitter of at Red Diamond Cast. You can find us on our Facebook of the Red Diamond Courier. You can find us on our XFX Guild or PC Guild of Ares the Red Diamond. You can also join the Robots Radio Discord, which can be found on robotsradio.net. And if you check our show notes, as I said earlier, you can find links to our merch store, our sponsors, esohub.com, and even our awesome music producer, the one and only DK, Daniel Nisley. Guess what, guys? I got him into ESO. He's playing. So, yeah, it's awesome. And if you guys could take the time out of your day to leave us a five star or any star review but we're only reading for five stars because that's fair you know we would absolutely appreciate it and thank you so much to our recent one we got that we read out last week so dogged if people want to find you where do they go all right you can find me on xbox twitter or esopc all at, at dogbark24 and yeah you know as soon as update 29 comes out you can help me grind up to level cp3600 on either Xbox or PC, because I'm working towards it. And if you're looking for me, it's going to be Bob Chichinsky everywhere you go. Got an underscore if you're on ESOPC, Twitter, or Twitch. And it's got a space if you're on Xbox. Bob Chichinsky. I feel like saying it is just like, here's a random word that no one knows how to spell. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Thank you guys so much for coming to chill with us. As always, it's been great. What an awesome day with all the new content. It's going to continue to be an awesome week with more and more stuff coming out, starting with Mid-Year and PTS. And, well, I guess PTS first. Whatever. 
Well, it's late. We're out of here. I'm just going to stop rambling. Have a good night, everyone. Peace out. Gates of Oblivion. Yep, that wraps it up for me as well. So, see ya. Destiny Show Podcast, a weekly podcast about all things Destiny 2. We invite amazing guests from the Destiny community to share their stories and discuss the latest topics from the world of Destiny. Check us out on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We will see you starside.